0: And I want you to understand this. I'm preaching to everyone in this room. I know sometimes you might come and say, well, maybe that word wasn't for me. Or, you know, the word of God is for everybody at all times. You can always get something out of it. But I want to speak today. I want to speak to every individual in this room. So I ask you just for the next few moments, if you would just give me your undivided attention, that we would listen to what God has to say today in this place. Because God's wanting to speak a word to you today. You have purpose, you belong here today. Look at your neighbor and say, you belong here. Look at somebody else and say, you have purpose. You have purpose. From the youngest to the oldest in this place today. I want us to, let's let's stand for the reading of the word of the Lord just out of honor and respect for God's word. Mark 16, 15. it reads like this, and it says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and to preach the gospel to every preacher. Go. Somebody shout go. Now, we understand what go means. The opposite, what we would say, would be stay or stop. Right here. That's not what the word says. God didn't say, here is the the message of hope, here's the message of salvation, keep it to yourself. He didn't say that. But he said, go. I've given it to you, now I commission you to go and tell everybody you can about this great message. Go preach the gospel to every preacher. He didn't categorize. He didn't put them in categories. He, he didn't say the small or the little or the, the tall or the, or, or, or the not so little. He didn't say that. He didn't say the, the thin. He didn't say only preach to thin people. He didn't say only go preach to healthy. Don't preach to the unhealthy. You know, we don't want any sick people in our church. He didn't say it. He said every creature I love the fact that he did not break it down of like our world right now is trying to divide us. They're trying to divide us by collar. They're trying to divide us by our languages. You want to know something right now? In his kingdom, we're all the same. There is no collar barrier. There is no collar he said I want you to go out and I want you to preach the gospel to the white to, to the red the yellow the black. He said I don't care what their background. I don't care where they come from but preach the gospel to them. Why? Because down deep inside we all have the same blood flowing through us and we all are a soul that's going to spend eternity somewhere someday. We need to preach it to every creature today. Once you put your bibles down, once to lift our hands. I want you just to pray and ask the Lord, God, prepare my heart to receive this word today. God, prepare us as a church today, Lord, God, to hear what you have to say, Lord. I pray, God, if you would, to show us, God, this great mission you've given us, Lord. God, I pray every individual in this place they will understand before they leave, God, that they have a purpose. They have a calling upon their life, God. God, something great to do, Lord, in your kingdom, Lord, that you have called them and placed them here, God, in this season for a reason right now, Lord. God, and I pray in the name of Jesus, if you would, God, right now, God, to bless God, your word One more time to go forth, Lord. Let it be a seed planted in our hearts before we leave today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. For a few moments, I want to preach this subject right here the greatest mission ever given. The greatest mission ever given. What is a mission? Mother Teresa said this, she said that my blood and my origin, are or by blood and by origin, she said, I am Albanian. My citizenship is Indian. She said, I am, I am a Catholic nun, and as to my calling, I belong to the whole world. She said, as to my heart, I belong entirely to the heart of Jesus. But then she said this, she said, as to my mission, and you all have a mission, I want you to understand that today, not as just as a church in general, but you as an individual, you have a mission. She said, as to my mission, I have been entrusted to proclaiming the gospel of God's overwhelming love for all humanity. What would happen if we would start living life with a mission? What if you got up tomorrow morning and your your mission was not to go to work and get through another day and come home tired and just get through the evening, and go to bed and get up and do it again, and you feel like you're, you you feel like you're living out the life of the movie Groundhog Day if you've ever seen that. It's just the same thing over and over and over and over. And that's why there's a lot of people that don't feel like they have purpose. They don't feel like they fulfill anything in life because they're just simply, they're just on that wheel. They just keep doing the same thing over and over. But if you understand that you are more than your job, you are more than a paycheck, you are more than your cars, you're more than a house, you are more than your activities. But you have been placed here for a reason and God has set you on a mission to reach the souls of this city. You will live different when you understand you have a mission that's been given by God. You see a mission is a specific task with which a person or a group is charged to complete. It is a pre-established purpose given to be fulfilled. And I want you to understand this morning that there is a mission that has been pre-established for this city uh, long before I ever uh, accepted the call to come here and be the pastor. That there was a plan set in place by God years ago uh, before you and your family ever stepped foot uh, into this building. Uh, God's plan for this city did not start uh, just 107 years ago. Uh, You said, well, that's how long the church has been here. But I'm telling you right now that it is not, uh, it didn't start 107 seven years ago it was pre-established that God's plan uh, but God's purpose for this city of Athens was established uh, long ago and now his mission uh, for this city is being fulfilled uh, through this church I'm preaching today to the saints of this church, the body of believers who make up LifePoint Pentecostals of Athens. If you belong here and you are a member here today, that I'm preaching to you today. Hear me. What I want to say to you today is there is a mission that has been given to us and I cannot fulfill the mission by myself, but God gives me the vision to set before you the body of believers to fulfill the mission and we as a a church, and as a body have been called in this final hour to complete the mission that God has placed upon us to reach the lost and dying, to reach the ones who are hurting and lost right now, those ones that are, say there's no hope in my life, God has called us to reach them today, today. It's not something we can put off on the next generation, it's how I hope these young people get it together because they got a job to do. So what I want to see happen, here's what I want to see happen. I want to see us that might be in our 40s, uh, our 50s, our 30s, our 50s, 60s, 70s, however old you are, I wish that we would see this take place because a lot of times, a lot of times churches look at the younger generation as the next generation that's going to come up and step up and do something. But I would love to see this happen that if we, the older generation, would grab a hold of the younger generation and say, hey, listen, we have a mission to complete now. We can Not wait until you're in your 20s. We can't wait till you're 18. You have to go reach your schoolmates now. You got to go preach the gospel right now. I know you might be young, but go preach the gospel. Go tell somebody there's hope because we got to work together. Time is running out. We do not have time to wait for the next generation to come up and do their job. Now is your time. Now is our time. It is our mission to fulfill. I want, to, I want to share this with us this morning. I want us to get so wrapped up. God's doing great things in this church. He is. But I don't want us to get so wrapped up in the details of the mission that you stop hearing the voice of the one who called you to the mission. Don't get so caught up in the where, the when, the how, and the Why? Where is God going to do this? Or how is God going to do this? Why do we have to wait on this? Or why do we have to wait on that? When are the promises of God going to unfold? The how, the when, the why, and the where, I want you to know this morning, doesn't matter. But what matters is that you stay connected to the who that called you. You see, if you stay connected to the who, he will work out the details of the what, the when, the where, and the why for this church in this city. You see, this is God's church. This is God's city. You are God's people. And there is a mission that he has placed upon you. There is a mission that he has placed upon me and upon this church. He says, listen, don't worry about all the details. I've got those worked out and mapped out. I've had them mapped out before this church ever existed, before this city was ever established. I knew there was going to be an apostolic church in this city. And I knew, and I know when and where and how I'm going to make it happen. Don't get caught up in the details of things. Just stay focused on the soul. Keep winning souls, keep doing what I've called you Stay focused on the mission and hear my voice I'll take care of the rest You see it takes a man, I want you to shout out It takes a man The mission requires a man I was a young minister sitting in a minister's uh, forum And at the campgrounds one time When there was another young minister Who was speaking to the rest of us And, and he began to talk about you know, Basically what God's called us to do And he said this statement He said, God doesn't need you And I was sitting in the front row He was sitting from here to the pulpit I was right there, he was right in front of me And he said, God doesn't need you And there was an elder in our district Sitting right next to me And he said Young preacher, you're wrong And I got really nervous. I thought, oh, my goodness, he just called him out. What's going to happen? He said, you're wrong. He said, I'm sorry to correct you in front of everybody. He said, but God needs us. He said, we are the hands and the feet of God. He said, how is God going to fulfill what he wants to do in this final hour without the body? I want you to know this morning, as he said, God needs you. God needs me. He needs somebody to preach the gospel. God needs somebody to get up here and speak truth and tell somebody, it's not hopeless. It's not hopeless. No, 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 no. You're not going to die in that. God's going to pull you out of it. God's going to pull you out of your sin. I know it's heavy sometimes, but God, God has something for you. But he also needs the hands and the feet of the people. You ever heard this statement, boots on the ground? There's a reason they say that, because they understand they can't fulfill the mission. Military uses that. They can't fulfill the mission until the boots hit the ground. Until we are willing to step out of this building and put boots on the ground in this community, I'm talking all of us, we won't see revival. We won't reach the loss. But it is in those moments when we say, listen, I understand. I've got a mission to fulfill. God's called me to do this. It takes a man. It takes a man. It took a man to free God's people from slavery. You see, Moses was given a mission from a burning bush to be the mouthpiece of God and to speak with God's authority, God's given authority. When he uttered the powerful words, he said, Let my people go. Now, think about that for a second. When he said, When Moses said, Let my people go, He was speaking with his personal authority that was given by God. He was speaking God's authority that was placed upon him. He was saying, let my people go. What would happen? You see, because Moses understood those were his people too, not just God's. If you live in Athens, this is our community. I say these are our people. These are our people to win. I can't call down to Brother Phillips and Nelsonville and say, hey, guess what? We're, just, we're good with where we're at. We're good with our numbers. So I'm going to let you just take care of Athens, all right? You take care of the, these people. No, 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 no. Nelsonville, that's his people. He's responsible for those people. His church is responsible to win that city. That God placed us here. My wife just said it. He loved this city so much he gave it this church. And we gotta love this city so much that we speak with authority to the enemy and say, let my people go. I'm sick and tired of strongholds. I'm sick and tired of the enemy holding people back. I'm tired of depression and anxiety and temptation and suicide. I'm sick and tired of what people are going through. It is time for the church to stand up with apostolic authority and say, let my people go. Let my people go. Let God's people go. Release them. Release them into the altars. Let my people go. Won't you shout that out? Let my people go. go. We have God's authority placed upon us. Amen. I'm going to throw this in here real quick, just a side note that the Lord spoke, and I want to share it. Exodus 4, 18. It says, so Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, let me go and return to my brethren who are in Egypt and see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. He said, why is this important, pastor? What does this mean for us today? Why are you pointing this out? Here's what I want to point out to you. I want to point out this. Don't ever think that you're too big for submission. Okay? Hear me. Hear me this morning. This is biblical. Someone who cannot submit to the voice of the man of God will never submit to the voice of God. I promise you. I promise you. Try it out. You won't do it. If you don't allow me to speak into your life, if you're doing something that you don't need to be doing and you're not open to allow your pastor to come to you, the shepherd, of the flock and say listen you're heading down a bad road you're heading down a dangerous road there's there's not there's bad things ahead of you there's a cliff you don't see will you listen to me listen to me if you submit to the voice of the man of god god will begin to speak to you and you'll begin to listen to the voice of god himself submission to that so it's it's important to it's it's important to allow that voice in your life because There must be be submission to the man of God in order to fulfill the mission from God. I'll say it one more time. There must be submission to the man of God in order to fulfill the mission from God. God's given you a mission. God's given us a mission. So, you see, it also, it took a young man named David. It took a man who was set... On a mission from his father just to simply just go deliver some some food and resources to your brothers. But a mission from his father ended up positioning David to fulfill the mission from God on his life. To start a great journey for him. It took a young man that was willing to step past his fear. And realize that there was a mission placed on his life to set the people of God free from fear and intimidation of the enemy. That's why I'm telling you, young men, young ladies, God can use you right now in this hour to speak something into someone's life. Don't be fearful in what God's calling you and placing upon your life, but step into it with authority that God has given. You see, it took a man to fulfill the greatest mission ever given. The greatest mission ever given was fulfilled by a man. It took a loving God to leave his throne in heaven and to become a man like you and I. It took a man to love me when I was yet a sinner undeserving of grace and mercy dying in my sin but oh for the love of Jesus the willingness to utter the words found in Luke 22 42 where he says father if you are willing remove this cup from me but nevertheless not my will but thine will be done it was the flesh that was saying this is going to hurt this is going to be hard but not my will but thy will be done it was the love of Jesus 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 the man God wrote in flesh it's an unmatched love for souls that i want us to get a hold of today you see we'll never know the true cost of it god's love is on display his love cannot be stopped it's a love that will never be changed it's stronger than death death cannot destroy it it's a river that never runs dry it's unending it's wider than the ocean it's deeper than the sea it's longer than time it's deeper than hell it's stronger than hell it cannot hell cannot hold it back it was there in the beginning of mankind and it will always be and to think that the love was manifested towards you and i that's why john cried out what kind of love is this he couldn't wrap his mind around it in the words of a song that i love so much says oh the overwhelming never ending love of god says there's no shadow that you won't light up. There's no mountain you won't climb up coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down. There's no lie you won't tear down coming after me. See hear me this morning. There wasn't a whipping post that he would pass up for you and I. There wasn't a crown of thorns that he said no to. There was nails and pains on a cross that stood before him and yet he loved me enough to fulfill the mission set before him why because he knew I needed salvation and it took a man to die on a cross for you and me it took a man to save you it took a man to pull you out of the gutter it took a man to simply love you it took a man to fulfill the greatest mission ever given it took a man it took a man you uh. say, It still takes a man today. It took a man then. That's why God said, I understand. I cannot put this on anybody else. He said, because this has to be a spotless lamb. It has to be a man that has no sin. And only God could come robe himself in flesh and go to that cross. He knew what he had to do, and that's why he did it. But I want you to understand today, I know that's biblical, and that was biblical times, but today, still today in the hour we're living in it still takes a man to save the lost it takes a man it was an Azusa Street Revival mission. It was a, a mission in California where an evangelist was called to travel east. And it took a man responding to the mission back in 1915 to come to his hometown right here in Athens, Ohio and preach the message of repentance and Jesus' name baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And we still believe in that today. I thought we did. Do we still believe today in Jesus' name, baptism, repentance, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost? If we don't believe it, then why waste our time reaching anybody? But if we believe it, that's enough fire for me to go out and tell somebody if I believe it's true. You see, it was that message that began to spread over the state of Ohio, and not many years after that, a man by the name of Ralph Gleason Cook got the revelation of truth, because someone came here and began to preach a man named Homer White, our founding pastor, began to preach this gospel when he got revelation and when he received the Holy Ghost and because of that it began to spread out of Athens and it began to make its way way across the state of Ohio and it reached Ralph Gleason Cook and when he got revelation of truth which led him to raise his son Paul H. Cook in truth who grew up to pastor a thriving church in Circle of Ohio where he witnessed two and taught Bible studies to a man named Dr. David Blankenship who then raised his son Rodney Blankenship in the truth and that was my father and that's why I stand here today preaching truth to you because a man, one man said I can't keep this to myself I gotta tell somebody about this, I gotta go tell somebody I gotta spread the word guess what, God is still alive and he's reaching the world God wants to reach you today one man made a difference one man started a church and thousands of souls later come on get it one man one man willing is the reason I'm here today is the reason you're here today it's the reason the church is here today one man one man On a mission. One man on a mission. I want you to understand something this morning. You are a congregation of chosen people. It was brought to us by our bishop earlier this year. He said, This is a church of gifted people. And when he said that, I want you to hear me, hear me loud. He was not just talking about the ministerial staff. He was talking about every individual that sits on these pews. You are a gifted individual. You are a chosen individual in this church. You are here for a reason. There is a purpose for you to be in this city, in this hour, in what we are doing. You are are here for a reason, it's not an accident that God called, it's not an accident that God called me to come here and pastor, I believe in the perfect will of God, I believe in following after the will of God, and God set the will before me, and I stepped out in faith, and I came and began to pastor here almost six years ago now, in October it'll be six years, and I stepped out, and I believe it's not an accident, I'm not just fulfilling a position and a role, but I'm fulfilling the will of God for my life. And you, you as well and your family have been called. It is not an accident. It is not an accident that God placed you in this church. It is not an accident that you are here. It is not an accident that the road of life led you here to Athens, Ohio. It's not an accident that he led you to this church. And you sit on these pews and you're a member of this church. You're a part of the body. It's not an accident because this is a church of people hand-picked by God to usher in the end time revival in this city. What he started in a Homer White I believe he's going to finish with this church right here in this city. The greatest days are yet ahead. We have not seen revivals that we are going to about to see. God is about to release his spirit upon this city when we begin to take His stand and say let my people go. It's time to fulfill the mission that God has placed upon on you. It's time if you believe that, stand to your feet, put your hands together, and let there be a shout God, it's time to fulfill the mission. It's time. Woo! It's time. It's now. Not next year. No, we got time left in 2022. What are we going to do with it? Now is the time. Now, now is the time. You say, "Oh, this is good. Maybe we should kick this off in January. That'd be a good way to kick it off." Nope, because there might be people that's going to die between now and then, and they're going to spend eternity somewhere. You can change a life this week, today. Today, think about this. When you go out to eat, if you're going to go, anybody going to go out to eat after church? A few of you? The altars are open. Sister Misty, thank you for being honest. She's going to eat. Go get some food. But But when you leave and you tip your waitress and waiter good because you're a reflection of this church and of God, no matter how they serve you, no matter if they mess your food up, it's okay all right, you're privileged to be able to even go out to eat. Okay, let's be, let's be real. Let's be real. Some people would give anything just to have our scraps and leftovers. But, but we sat there, and, and when you're done, one card, one invitation by one individual could change the course of a whole family's future. I told you. Because of Homer White, because of one evangelist preaching to him, and he brings it to Ohio, here we are today. One man on a mission to make a difference, not just to get through life, not to go through the motions and just make it through another week. No, when you begin to live on a mission, you're focused. Anybody feel like you just don't know where you're going, coming and going sometimes? It's just like, let's be real. Life is just so busy with stuff. If we would refocus on the mission, and it's not going to take up your whole day. This might take up five minutes of your time when you're done eating or when you run to somebody in the store or when you're walking down the aisle and you see somebody. I I was uh, not long ago, saw somebody in Kroger. She was on the phone and she just started crying on the phone. People are dealing with stuff. They're dealing with life. They are. And they don't know who he is. The difference that we can make one individual can make by taking out the time to say, it's going to be okay. God's got this for you. It's going to be all right. It takes a man. You may be that I'm almost done. How much time was given to fulfill the mission to remove the captive? This is the greatest rescue mission to be executed in this city. And this church is equipped It's equipped to fulfill the mission. What do you mean by equipped, Pastor? Well, I don't mean because we have uh, a new drum set and these pretty cool lights that change colors. It's cool. That's cool. You know, we got guitars and we got bass and we got keys and we got, you know, we got some cool stuff. We got events we're doing, you know, we... We the church we own. Get this, we own our own bounce house now. Yeah. Yeah, we've got two events coming up. We're gonna be doing on uh, September and sept- first week of September, first Sunday of September. We're doing an outdoor concert. Brother Larry Carter's gonna be here. Sister Sister Debbie Jones is coming. Come on, good stuff, right? Events, we're, we have we've already, we have a, a park that's, that's booked in the city and we're going to be doing a, a family weekend and a big picnic and stuff, all kinds of stuff coming up in September. Good things are coming ahead of us, but great things are coming. But I want you to understand something. That's not what I'm talking about when I say equipped. No. Take away all the instruments. Take away the bounce house. Take away even, take away the new van, Brother Jack. We're not going to. Calm down. I wouldn't do that to you. That's what I'm talking about. When you strip that stuff away, guess what you still have? You. You. When I say we're equipped, God has equipped this church with you. Look at your neighbor and say, It's you. It's you. He has equipped this church. With you, you give me one individual, give me one individual with a passion for souls with a card in their hand. I will trade that for anything in a day. I'll give up a bounce house for that. You give me a church full of people that say, Pastor, we want to win souls. I'm not okay with empty spots in the pews. I'm not okay with that. I'm not. I'm not all right with that. And we got to get to the place where we're not okay with that. If it, the, 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 the events we're going to do, great. Those are going to be awesome. But you know what? You know what I would love? Maybe we could have an event and maybe we start baptizing people at an event. Yeah. Maybe we could pray people through the Holy Ghost at an event. But you want to know how that happens? You inviting them to the event. It takes you. It takes a man to fulfill the greatest mission ever given it takes a man it takes a man it is your turn it is our turn church I'm not I'm not talking I'm not just sitting here preaching today uh, just to the ministerial staff I'm not doing that I actually told them before we even started today I said I'm not preaching you today not because I will tell you our ministerial staff they work hard they do they teach bible studies they, they, they have, Brother Kilwell has no problem talking to anybody at any time. All right. I know he's a little shy. But I, I, I want, I want the church to understand that don't, don't just say, oh, ministerial staff's got it, pastor's got this. It's okay. He'll, he'll grow the church. No. We are limiting our resources. When we have that mindset, you are limiting your calling. You know, you have a calling in your life. I want you to understand if you never stand in this pulpit and you never preach from this pulpit, you are still called to minister to the lost. I love preaching to you, I love preaching to this congregation, but I love preaching. To a church full of people who have never experienced the gospel before. I want to see people on our altars. I-, I want to see the lost one. I want them to find hope. I want them to see, man, there really is something real about this Jesus. But it takes a man. Man. It takes a man to fulfill this. It takes you to fulfill this. And, this. and I know I've shared this story before, but I shared a story one time a while back about a man with a red bandana. Anybody remember that story I shared? Well, Crothers was a young man who was, who was inspiring to be a firefighter. He was not a firefighter. He was just trying to be something. He wanted to live life with purpose. And he wanted to do something powerful with his life. And he wanted to do something that would fulfill something and take care of people with his life. And he, he was trying to be the, but he was not the chief. He was not on staff. He was not the firefighter. But he was working in the World Trade Center, trying to get through a job. Just trying to get by until he'd get through firefighter school to fulfill his what he felt was his purpose in life. To him, he felt like he looked at everybody else. He looked at the firefighters, looked at the chief. He he, he just dreamed, maybe someday I could do something like that. Maybe I could have purpose in life. Maybe I could really fulfill something. But on 9-11, when that day happened... And the tragedy of those planes hitting those towers. Wells made a decision that day. He said, I don't hold a title. I'm not chief. I'm not even on the fire. He said, I'm not even on the staff of the firefighter, the fire station. But something kicked inside of him. And he said, you know what? I have to win. I have to save these people. And people were telling him, go. Go. The building's getting ready to collapse. But they said he made the trip up to 16 times up and down those stairs that were filled with with dust and if it was smoke and it was dark, you couldn't see and he made his way. People were coming down and he was going back up and people were saying, what are you doing? Where are you going? Why are you going back up? He said, is there anybody left? They said, yes, there's people that can't walk. There's people that are, they're they're just broken. They can't can't make it. They're not going to make it and he said, no, not on my watch. Not on my watch. So he made his way back up to the top and he said, listen, if I'm here and I'm still alive I'm going to do whatever I have to do and he'd make his way back down and they would say don't go back in there he said I have to go back in there and he went back up one more time to get somebody and that is when the tower collapsed upon him And people afterwards said, the only thing I knew, uh, the only thing I saw was this man uh, with the red bandana. And everyone just kept saying, follow the man with the red bandana. Follow the man with the red bandana. He knows the way out. Uh, Follow the man with the red bandana. And stories have been told. Stories have been told that he went up and there were people that said just leave me my legs are broken and I can't walk just leave me just leave me and he would go over hungry. come here bud he would go over to people and he'd say what you can't walk and they said go go get somebody else and he said no 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 not on my watch no and he picked them up and he would carry them down he would carry them down those flights of stairs to safety and he would lay them down where it was safe and he'd say here you're safe they would turn around and he'd go back up the stairs again why? because he understood he understood he had a purpose and a mission it might cost him his life but he was going to save as many people as he could he didn't have a title he wasn't even on staff but within him he said you know what They don't consider me a firefighter, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to act like one today. I have purpose. And when the firefighters themselves knew better than to even go back in and go back up, they said, well, we can't do it. Wells said, I got to go because there are broken people. There are people dying. And if the clock's still ticking, that means I might have time to reach one more. I want you to hear me this morning in this place. I want you to do this. I want you to all stand. I don't want any music for all to call. I want to ask for the ministers who are here this morning if you would come and stand in the front. Ministerial staff, you would come up and stand in the front. And I want everybody else, I want you to just I want you to close your eyes right now. I want anybody looking around. I'm going to ask you as your pastor to be honest right now. I want you to be honest and be real right now. If you attend this church and you feel like you only simply attend this church, but you feel like, I don't have anything to offer, pastor. I don't have any abilities. I, 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 don't, I, you know, I, just, I don't really feel like I have anything to offer to the mission. You're not sure where your place is in the church and you're not you're not sure you have what it takes to teach a Bible study or win a soul. I want you to hear me this morning. You have been handpicked. And you feel there are people in this room today, you feel like you feel like I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to give to the mission pastor. I feel like I have some shortcomings. I, I, I'm not called to, to minister. I'm not called to be a, a minister. I'm not, I, I, I don't play an instrument. I don't sing a song. I don't do this or that. Or I, I just feel like, I feel like I'm just here. Will you be honest this morning, if you feel that way, you just lift your hand. nobody's looking. You just lift your hand up. There's hands all over this place this morning. all over this place. I'm telling you, God wants you to hear me this morning. You have been handpicked by him, chosen by him to fulfill the mission in your life. Handpicked in this hour, the clock is running out. His return is soon, and God is calling you. You have a purpose. You have a calling on your life. It's to fulfill the mission of the individuals around you. To to teach and to reach those that I may never come in contact with until you bring them through these doors. God has placed this upon you. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say, go ministers. Just go, preachers. Those who call have a feeling, have a calling on their life to go stand in the pulpit and preach. He didn't say that. He said go. He was telling everyone under the sound of my voice, go. You have a calling and you have a purpose on your life. God has handpicked you in this hour. You feel worthless. You feel like I have nothing to offer. But what God has placed in you is like nobody else in this room. There are things, unique, unique gifts. As Bishop spoke, God has given this church gifted people. There are gifts inside of you. There are gifts inside of you that you have not explored yet, and you have not released God to use yet. You are a gifted individual, that you are a chosen individual. God is going to use you. He has handpicked every individual in this room to do something powerful in this last revival. God's doing it today. I want you to do this right now. If you will, if you say, Pastor, I want to be used by God in this final hour. I want to be used by God in this mission that the church has been given. I want to be a part of it. I don't know what all I have to offer, but I want to be a part of it. Will you do this this morning? No music. Will you step out? I want us to have a prayer meeting at the end of this. Will will you step out of your pew this morning, and will you bring it to, to the front and stand up here in front of one of our ministers and let us begin to pray for you and release what God has placed inside of you. Release what God... There we go. Come on. Thank you. Oh, God. Come on, you're hand-picked. You're hand-picked. God has called this church. Come on, you have something to offer. You have something to offer. Come on, God's going to use you. 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 Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. Begin to pray, God, use me, God, use me, God, uh, reveal unto me, God, God, any talents, any gifting that I might have, Lord. God, use it, God, use it in this final hour. Use it in this church, God. I'm here for a reason, God. Use me, God. Do what you want to do in my life, God. God, but use me, Lord, to reach the lost of this city. Use me, God, use me, Lord.